What is up, Gen Xers? Welcome back to the Water Cooler. It's good to see you again. Um, I apologize for being a couple days late this week. I've been out of commission. I returned from a few days this week at Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio. I'm not sure if you've been or if you're familiar about it, but it's the roller coaster mecca, as far as I'm aware, as far as amusement parks go. First time we've ever been there, you know, we've been to a number of others, you know, Six Flags parks, you know, here and in Texas and SeaWorld and Universal and Disney. You know, we've been to all those places. This is the first time we've ever been to Cedar Point. And we had a good time. It's it was fun to explore and, and to see something new and 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 get to experience something that we've never been to before. You know, the the nerd inside of me kind of appreciated this being able to look out as you can go up on the roller coasters over Lake Erie and see the view there. It's like on this peninsula that stretches out into the lake. And it was kind of a cool atmosphere, a cool place to be. Um, I, the kissing to enjoy, I want to come again. So we'll see how that goes in the future. But we had a good time. Uh, hopefully your summer is going well and you are either have gone or are planning on doing some fun things with your family as well. Um, but we just got back, so trying to get our legs underneath us a bit and, and get back into the swing. But a few items of note that I saw um, over, over the past bit. First thing, that, that just heartbreaking story in Miami with that, that partial building collapse. Um, I just got wrenching seeing something like that. Uh, it, it, I mean, my heart just goes out to all the families involved. You know, it's stretching over a week now, and I, I think the death toll is somewhere in the 20s with 100-plus people still unaccounted for. And obviously, you just can't fathom that that's going to end up end up well. Um, I, I don't know. At some point, they'll get to the bottom of, of what happened, but it seems like there's just a lot of combinations of bad circumstance some some penny pinching and a little bit of negligence but uh, ultimately it was just a just a heartbreaking heartbreaking thing to see and you know, there's that that um video of a of a security camera at the time of, of collapse i mean it was in the middle of the night people were in, in bed sleeping couldn't possibly have seen that coming couldn't possibly have have done anything themselves uh, to avoid it, and it's just a, a very tragic loss of life. Um, so hope, I'm sure eventually they'll get to the bottom of it. They'll clean out the rubble. Hopefully, be able to recover the victims and and give some some sense of peace and closure to the families, um, which is obviously where the focus ought to be. Um, it's, it's just truly sad. But the one thing that did irritate me is just you, you can't avoid it now is early on the media seemed to take the opportunity to attack Governor DeSantis on this. You know, he didn't respond well enough. He didn't deploy resources well well enough and blah, blah, blah. Well, apparently they're following protocol and, it, and in Florida that rests with the mayor and the city first and the mayor and the city seemed to dispute what the media was, was putting out there and... But of course, they they just have no shame. Um, but again, we we shouldn't be focusing on that nonsense. They they're human debris. We know that. Um, but we should, we should be focusing on this on you know setting you know, supporting those families. Um, even though you know thoughts and prayers seem to be panned uh, nowadays, but you know, they they certainly deserve our 
our support. Uh, the other funny thing I saw too, actually, while we were in Cedar Point and waiting in lines, I saw that just mind-bendingly weird story of, of Gwen Berry. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's the hammer thrower uh, of, of all events, as athletes are now trying to qualify for the 2020, as they're called, Olympics in Tokyo in if just a few weeks. And this woman who goes by the name of Gwen Berry, she placed third in the hammer throw, and I believe she's qualified for the Olympics, and uh, was very put out when they were receiving their medals, and they played the national anthem. The fact that that's a shocking thing is I I find very puzzling, but she was very put out by it. You know, she said she felt ambushed, um, just it was did not appreciate. Uh, hearing that, um, I mean, you're an Olympic athlete or trying to be an Olympic athlete and and you're surprised and disappointed by the anthem. I just, I, I, I don't understand. You know, the, the whole anthem thing, you know, from Colin Kaep- Kaepernick on down till now, I don't understand why that's been a thing. You know, the woke has really grasped onto this. Um, any kind of outward expression of patriotism seems to get under their skin, you know, and all the race hustlers and people that want to divide us do not seem to appreciate anything that's meant to unite people. And they have really grasped onto this one. And as a you know former athlete, I just, it's one that I just find very, very puzzling um, because it's just, it's, such a superfluous thing, but it's also something that means a lot at the same time. Um, I just, I don't understand why it creates all this vindictive vindictiveness out of it. I, I, I don't get it because it's, it's a very brief moment where we can put all differences aside and, and unite and be appreciative, appreciative of the things that we have and share and that are good. That's not an endorsement of perfection in our country but it's something that uh, just a small moment where we can just put that aside and before we enjoy whatever event we're about to see. But in light of the Olympics, I find it even more puzzling and even more offensive. And the reason being is because, I mean, I, I get there might be a little bit of a debate when they talk about you know, the etiquette and protocol with the anthem before sporting events, whether that's something that we ought to do or whatever, you know, that can be up for discussion if, if you feel that's not necessary or whatever. But the anthem playing is not unique to the United States when it comes to these international competitions. And, and why that is offensive to people is something that I find very, very confusing. And Gwen Berry's not the first. She won't be the last. But I, I just find it very, very odd. And the reason being is if you are a third-place finisher, aside from being the second loser, you are at least on the podium and you have a medal and you are going to be hearing the anthem of the first-place finisher, right? The, the gold medalist. And in this case, you know, it's a, a U.S. competition and, you, and they are hearing the, the U.S anthem and they're listening to that and she finds that offensive for Kaepernick reasons and whatever. I don't really care. But the etiquette is just to stand, at least be respectful and listen to it and then move on. The reason why I find it very puzzling is because if this were, if say the, the actual Olympic games and the gold play gold medal placer finisher was from France, 
or Germany or the UK or Australia or Brazil or China or Japan or wherever. You'd be sitting in that third place spot hearing the anthem of that country. And I don't care where you're from, what you're doing. When they are playing that anthem of that country, you stand and you show respect. That's what these games are supposed to. Again, it's one of those things where it's supposed to unite us. So even though the country of origin may be different, even though it's something that you may not necessarily appreciate or even agree with, but the fact that that person won the gold medal and you are paying respect to them and, and what they represent, you turn and you show respect. There, there's that one clip of Usain Bolt, I think maybe at the last Olympics, where he was being interviewed and someone from another event was, was receiving their gold medal and the gold medal is from the United States. And as he was being interviewed, the U.S. anthem had was being played and he stopped, apologized to the reporter, turned and showed respect and when it was over, went back to his, his interview. In my mind, that's exactly what ought to happen all the time at these competitions. It doesn't matter what anthem it is. You stand and show respect. In the case of your own, you're going to be you know, putting your hand over your heart. And it's going to mean a little bit more, of course. But even if it's the Chinese national anthem, and it's something sanctioned by the freaking CCP, which ought to leave the face of the earth, you may completely disagree with it. You may hate that regime, but you stand and you show respect for that athlete. It doesn't mean there's an endorsement. It doesn't mean that you condone everything that it stands for. You stand and show respect. And for Gwen Berry in particular, you know, Gwen, if you find it that offensive, if you find the our country that abhorrent, that representing this country and that anthem and everything it stands for is shameful and and it's a country that you hate and you you don't want to compete you are more than welcome to not be part of that olympic team and you are more than welcome to not represent us in fact i'd prefer if you didn't i mean if you hate everything i stand for you hate everything that we stand for particularly us jet actors fine don't compete you, no skin off our nose you know, you, but you know, don't you dare shove your ideology down our throats. Don't you dare act like your perspective is any more important than any of us. You can go pound sand. You can go continue to be the second loser or even the more than the second loser when you compete in the actual Olympic Games. Let's, let's not kid ourselves like you're going to actually medal at these games. But don't, don't you dare represent us. If you feel that we are that abhorrent, if we are that uh, institutionally racist or whatever you find offensive about this country and the flag and the anthem and what it stands for, by all means, don't represent us. No skin off my nose. We can just agree to disagree on that. Now, the other very interesting thing I, I saw this past week is regarding, you know, the the unknown virus of unspecified origins. You know, the mask mandates seem to be returning in full force, starting in unsurprisingly in California, because now the, the fear stoking that you're hearing is on this dreaded Delta variant. Ooh, boy, that, that sounds, that sounds very, very serious, um, you know, for this man-made virus with a 99.9993% uh, survival rate. But, 
uh, I, I'm just at, at this point now, a year and a half into this where I am just up for no more, no more patience for this masking and quarantine nonsense. I'm just not, I, you know, I, I humored it for a year. I went along. Okay. I was a good soldier. I'm not going to be nice anymore. I'm not paying. I'm not participating anymore. They, they can, they can go tubing themselves. I just, I'm not playing long. I'm just not doing it anymore. Um, I just, you know, particularly in the light of all these states since March, right? When when Texas and Florida and, and others, you know, they've you know completely reopened their states and their economies. And I just want you know, want to know where are these super spreader fans. You know, then we have uh, professional sporting events at 100% capacity. You know, we have amusement parks opening up like freaking Cedar Point where I was this past week. Where are these super spreader events? I mean, that's where that seems to be what we've been focusing on is the spread of this thing, um, ignoring these survival rates. Um, but if, if why are we masking? Why, why are we telling, you know, to mask up people who have the vaccine? Um, I don't know. I don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm confused where this is going and, and what the aim is. Um, but the likelihood that we should be trusting the word of any public health official, I, I think you are a fool. If, if you're at this point where you're listening and, and are in agreement and obeying what the word of Fauci or any other public health official, you're a fool. You, you just are. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a lemming. You're not critically thinking for yourself because I'm just not in the mood for it anymore. You know, I played the good soldier. I did it for the past year just to try to get through this nonsense. And now the word just about to finally come out of it. And now this is going to start to rear its head again. I just don't understand it. I, I'm not playing along with this anymore. It's enough. Particularly when you think how this virus came about and it's novel because it's man-made. As much as people want to pat science on the back for developing this vaccine or a number of vaccines to fight this thing, you also need to acknowledge and recognize that this virus itself was man-made. It's science-made. If we want to credit science for the cure, we need to blame science for the cause. And that's what we have here. You know, you heard that that whistleblower from the uh, from the lab that said that uh, not only was this not a leak from the from the wet markets, it, it wasn't even simply a simple leak from the from the um, the lab itself, but it's something that the CCP was testing on the people in Wuhan, and it got out of control. And early on, when people started getting really sick and and they didn't know how to treat it, and and they were still being allowed to travel around the world and and infect the world. They would only count cases very early on if that person had visited the seafood market. Why? Well, obviously, so they could craft this narrative that it came from the wet markets. So not only were these Jags responsible for unleashing it on the world, but particularly on testing it on their own people, they also wanted to very carefully craft the narrative to blame their own people. (laughs) I mean, it's just... It's disgusting. You know, the the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, Xi Jinping, they need to be eradicated from the face of the earth. They are evil. They are vile. They are everything you would expect a communist regime to be. And they are everything that the modern Democrat Party and the fascist left here are 
starting to become or even are. And we need to call them out on it. We need to eradicate them. I know I don't know what that means. I don't want any kind of hot war. But on some level, they need to go away. And they need to be called out for putting this thing out and destroying the lives of millions. It's disgusting. And the willing accomplices here in the Western media, they need to be called out on, onto the carpet as well. Now, the reason I'm so hot on this um, is because I you know, just recently found out that you know, my sister, you know, she received the Pfizer vaccine. You know, she was the good soldier. She didn't want to, but you know, she was kind of kind of pressured into it. Um, her in-laws are, are both elderly and are in that, that prime demographic of the most vulnerable, right? The, one of them has, has COPD. The other has, um, has Parkinson's and are very susceptible to, you know, to succumbing to this should they, should they get it. And, you know, my mother is in her eighties and she wanted to, be respective of them and be protective of them. And if the, getting the vaccine means that either she wouldn't get it or wouldn't spread it, then you know she did it to help protect them. She, you know, she for herself was ambivalent, didn't really feel the need to get it for herself, but she you know, felt like she needed to do it and and you know to to protect those around her. Which you know, hey, I can totally respect that. So and being the good soldier, she you know, she went to the high school and and in April she got her first dose, and then in the beginning of May got her second dose. So again, you know, we're, we're talking about six or so weeks ago where she received the second dose. So you received the second dose and two weeks later, she's in, you have that in effect. So about four to five weeks where she's we had the full effects of this vaccine. Well, last uh, weekend, she got together with some of her friends from college, which they do from time to time. And of course, it'd been a while since they've been able to get together. And and they catch up and and enjoy each other's company. Well, one of her her friends who who came was was feeling kind of ill and and left early. And then after everyone had returned home, she contacted them and said, "I tested positive for for COVID." Now my sister didn't feel you know too much need to to panic or worry. She's like, "Oh, that's fine. I mean, yeah, I got the vaccine, so you know, I'm not too worried about it." And then she a few days later, she started to feel sick. And my brother-in-law said, "Hey, you really need to go." Get tested just to make sure, rule it out, whatever. And and she didn't. My sister didn't feel the need, but went along again, playing the good soldier. So she goes in, and and then as the the test results are coming back, she has nurses and doctors come up in greater levels of protective dress, and they tell her that, lo and behold, she tested positive for COVID nineteen. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I mean, I laughed when, when she called me. We had a good chuckle because we just ha could not ignore the absurdity of all of this. Absurdity number one. There's this uh, implication or under bland understanding out there that should you, you know, get the the vaccine, you are protected from the virus. So you can go to you travel freely. You can go to sporting events. You can go to... You know, public places, restaurants, and things, and, and not be afraid of of this because you are inoculated, you are protected, right? You think of it as, as though you're being protected from smallpox. Well, of course, we know that's not the case because my sister, among, among others from like the New York Yankees and, and other members of the media who've also tested positive since receiving the vaccine, obviously, this... Uh, 
this vaccine or these vaccines do not prevent you from con contracting the virus. Okay, I can I can get that because then the absurdity number two is you're told, well, even if you do contract the virus after you received the vaccine, um, it greatly lessens the symptoms of this thing. Well, my sister's feeling very ill, you know, and not like gravely ill, but more like a really bad flu. You know, she's coughing. She feels achy, just feels sick, you know, just like you do any other either flu, whether it's influenza A or B or any bad cold, right? That's just kind of how she's feeling. She's feeling very tired, very achy, has a nagging cough, whatever. So absurdity number two, if if this thing pre prevents you from getting ill, why is she feeling so bad? Hmm. So now to absurdity number three. Well, they say, okay, you... If you get the vaccine, it doesn't prevent you from getting the virus. So, Or if you get the vaccine, you still might get sick. But absurdity number three, they say that if you get the vaccine, it prevents you from spreading it. Okay. Then you, maybe there's a little bit of virtue to be salvaged here. Except my sister was told by the doctors to, to quarantine and isolate herself for the next 10 or so days. Okay, so question number three, absurdity number three, if this thing prevents you from spreading it, why is she being told by medical experts to quarantine herself? So basically in this one very direct family experience, all these three narratives, these three placebo effects that this vaccine is having with people are completely shot and blown up, um, which highlights the absurdity of all of this and and only convinces me more and more that things opening up and getting back to normal, at least in the blue states around the country, is it's all psychological. I mean, there's it, because everyone who's running around who has received the vaccine, I mean, that I'm not going to fault them for it. I have no problem with it if they did. But they're running around as though they're protected from the virus. They're running around as though if they get it, they're not going to get sick. Or they're running around as though even if they come in contact with it, they won't spread it. Well, I can tell you from personal knowledge and experience, none of those things are the case. Is this just like I've been saying for a year plus now? It's another flu. It's not the flu. It's a man-made flu, but it's something that's just in the rotation now. It's not going away and we can't run and cower and hide from it. We just have to face it head on knowing what it is and being ready to treat it once someone contracts it. But... I damn well won't be uh, quarantining again. I won't be uh, wearing masks again uh, for it um, out of fear of spreading it or contracting it. I'm just not anymore. I won't. I won't. I'm not, I'm not playing the game anymore. They, they can go Jeffrey Tubin themselves because I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not participating anymore. And I have the, the verifieds you know, and the bona fides to be able to, uh, to state why. So whatever. Now, lastly, we are heading into the 4th of July holiday where we get to celebrate our independence. You know, that had, had long been, you know, my favorite holiday, you know, because I, I loved in the middle of the summer being able to celebrate our freedoms and, and enjoy being outside with family and friends and, and, and doing all those things. Well, over the past decade plus or so, you know, the 
you know, the reasons for celebrating it have just been completely dumbed down, if not not destroyed. Well, this year, I I find it very, very odd as we head into this holiday weekend that there seems to be this weird tug of war uh, with celebrating Independence Day, um, almost like a guilt that is being placed on those who want to celebrate uh, July 4th. Um, not too unrelated to the fact that uh, in you know this past month in June, the you know Juneteenth has become an official federal holiday, and in, also in many states. Which you know, I, I have no issue with that. I, I think it's it's a worthwhile thing to to remember. It's a worthwhile thing to um, to honor those who um, who went through that and and were able to celebrate their freedoms when they were finally granted it. That's totally worth. It has lots of virtue to be able to to acknowledge that and to recognize it as a an official federal or state holiday. No problem with that. The weird thing, though, is that now that that has been something that's made official and codified, there seems to be some hand wringing that, again, with the idea to divide us further that wants um, to make this something that um, we have to either um, celebrate or acknowledge um, Juneteenth as a day when freedom was had or July 4th as a day when we had our freedom. And I just don't understand why those things are in conflict. Again, I don't. Again, now I'm not a race hustler. I'm not one of those, one of those shysters who are going to gain from dividing us. I, I just, I'm just a dude, just a Gen Xer who just doesn't understand this. But I'm also a Gen Xer who wants to call people out on their crap. And this is something that I just don't understand. I, if if you want to celebrate Juneteenth and that means something to you, more power to you. If you want to celebrate. July 4th as our Independence Day and, and celebrate our freedom, more power to you. The more things that can unite us in our culture, the better as far as I'm concerned. And the fact that something like this is being used to further divide us or want to further divide us, I find disgusting. And I hope that the American people can see through it. It's just you know really really bizarre. I mean, we have so many other things going on that deserve more attention. You know, there was this shooting in Humboldt Park here in Chicago uh, a week or so ago. Um, this uh, couple, who I believe were Puerto Rican, were celebrating the Puerto Rican Day, and their car was surrounded and shot, and and the guy died on scene, and and the girl died days later. Yeah, have you heard about that? Have you heard from it? Has that gotten any of attention? Um, Maybe it's because either the shooter or the victim were not in the favored racial status, and so that didn't get the recognition that some other cases uh, were. Um, but it's again, the, the the race hustlers are there; they want to divide us, and this is another case. Another obvious example too from this past week, um, as a a good. Uh, test case, business case for white privilege in our country. Uh, Bill Cosby was set free on a seemingly minute technicality. 
which I find gross. I mean, he seems to have gone through the the fair judicial process and a just verdict was rendered and have that completely thrown out to some really weird legal gymnastic uh, technicality. It's, it's really gross. But on the flip side, Britney Spears does not have her own personal freedom. And, and um, you know, she is still responsible and, and ward of her her parents and whatever committee that's in charge. I don't really understand that. I'm not a Britney Spears fan, but um, if you want any more uh, case of our white privilege here in the United States, Bill Cosby is free. Britney Spears is not. But if you if that makes sense to you, then you're probably not a Gen Xer. So with that, I'm going to grab my water. I'm going to get ready to celebrate the 4th, and I hope you enjoy doing the same. So until then, I will see you next time. Shout out to the Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop Owl, and I will see you next time. Stay cool, Gen X. <laughs>